Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. With the tragic killing of George Floyd in the United States, a spotlight has been shone yet again on racial inequality across the globe. In Australia, recent protests about Indigenous deaths in custody and incarceration rates remind us that true reconciliation still has a very long way to go. With that in mind, we acknowledge and celebrate the first Australians on whose traditional lands we're recording today, and pay our respect to the Elders past, present and emerging. All of us at Policy Forum acknowledge and recognise that the journey towards reconciliation is the responsibility of all of us, every day. Hello and welcome to Policy Forum Pod, the podcast for those who want to dig a little deeper into the policy challenges facing Australia and the Asia-Pacific region. I'm Martin Pierce. Policy Forum Pod is brought to you by PolicyForum.net and we are based at the Asia-Pacific's leading graduate policy school, Crawford School of Public Policy. If you're keen to learn from some of the world's leading policy experts, then there truly isn't a better place to get your qualification. We offer a wide range of short courses and degrees, and we've recently added the Graduate Certificate of Environmental Management online. If you've lost work due to COVID-19, you might be able to study this specific course at a reduced rate under the federal government's Higher Education Relief Package. Find out more and how to apply at crawford.anu.edu.au forward slash study. Now, beyond its strain on people's physical well-being and economic stability, COVID-19 has also had a significant impact on many people's mental health. On a recent episode of Policy Forum Pod, we discussed COVID-19 and Australia's mental health system, which has been under a lot of pressure even before the pandemic hit. But on this episode, we want to look specifically at the mental strain that young adults have been facing during this public health crisis. A recent study out of the Australian National University has revealed a spike in severe psychological distress in young Australians under 35 and also shown that they are significantly worse off in terms of mental health than those who are older. Specifically, it highlighted that the proportion of 18 to 24-year-olds experiencing severe psychological distress increased from 14% in February 2017 to 22.3% in April 2020. That's nearly a quarter of uh, all young Australians. So today we want to ask, why is COVID-19 impacting the mental health of young adults so seriously? And what can policymakers do to address the challenges that the this group is facing. And we invite the author of the study, Associate Professor Ben Edwards, to talk with us today. Ben is a, an Associate Professor of Child and Youth Development at the ANU Centre for Social Research and Methods. Hello, Ben. 
Hi, Martin. Many thanks for joining us today. It's it's great to have you here to talk about this very important topic. Now, we've had about six months of the coronavirus wreaking havoc on our societies, and there are now more and more studies emerging, emerging that are measuring its various impacts. And one of these studies is yours. It's the first of its kind, comparing mental health data from before and during the COVID-19 crisis. Before we get into your findings, I'd like to ask you, what actually motivated you to conduct this study? So our motivation um, was pretty simple, really. Um, we, we wanted to um, provide uh, new information about mental health and also social and economic impacts on Australians. And we had an opportunity to do so because we um, were involved in um, a study that's been tracking uh, people since April uh, 2017, and we ha- that that study um, had collected information using a standardised measure of mental health um, at that point in time, and so that enabled us to really um, be the first study uh, in the world, as far as we're aware, to be able to track pre pandemic uh, levels of mental health and follow that up uh, in Australians during the during the period of the pandemic. And why that's important is because um, individuals um, who participate in many of these online surveys in the pandemic um, are likely to be a select group in the population that may be more affected. Our study um, is a nationally representative survey of all Australians, not just young people. And so that enables us to get a much um, better and unbiased uh, sense of the uh, mental health impact. So let's dig into that study a bit. What are some of the sort of key findings that came out of it? So as you said in your introduction, uh, Martin, um, we we followed up um, this group of uh, Australians, over 3,000 Australians, a nationally representative sample, um, and we found very large age differences. So the 18 to 24-year-olds in particular were um, much more affected than the uh, than other age groups, the 25 to 34-year-olds as well. So um, the key point in the study was we were not just looking at differences between the old and the young at a particular point in time, but we were looking at changes in the levels of severe psychological distress uh, from pre-pandemic to during the pandemic in April 2020. And uh, importantly, we we found uh, quite large increases, as you said, fourteen to twenty two percent of those eighteen to twenty four year olds um, reported severe psychological distress, and for twenty five to thirty four year olds, it was uh, about twelve to eighteen percent. There were no increases in the older age groups uh, in severe psychological distress. There was a slight increase in the 35 to 44-year-old age group in moderate levels of psychological distress. But for the older age groups, there were no uh, increases in psychological distress. And that's really important because we do know that um, the mental health of young people is worse off in ordinary periods. Um, But what what our study um, identifies is that younger people are much more vulnerable um, to mental health problems during this period. 
Did the did the the findings of the study come as a surprise, or were you expecting that kind of outcome? Uh, to be honest, it was a little surprising to see that there was very little uptick in severe psychological distress in older age groups. Uh, that was surprising, uh, and also the extent to which we had. Uh, increases in severe psychological distress for 18 to 24-year-olds. So as you said in your introduction, over one in five, close to one in four uh, 18 to um, 24-year-olds experiencing severe psychological distress. So that that was surprising. Um, Now, a lot has changed during that time between uh, April uh, between February 2017 and April 2020, um, and we've done some modelling um, to sort of unpack what the, uh, the the most important factors are in relation to um, to that up t- uptick, that change in mental health. Now we'll talk about some of those important factors shortly, but I am interested in this sort of older age group who who seemed less affected. What do you think is happening with them? Is that a, a resilience that comes with age, or is there something else going on there? Yeah, so I think partly it's a resilience. Um, partly uh, it's also the fact that. Um, there's a certain level of financial um, resources that older people have that younger people don't have. And also um, our modelling and also other um, evidence from our survey and um, data from the ABS suggests that young people are most affected in terms of job losses. So we see... um, that the industries in which young people are working are disproportionately affected and also the rate of job loss um, of young people both in our survey and also in ABS payroll data and household survey data. um, Young people in, in that data also are more affected. They are more likely to lose their jobs. So, um, in, in part, it's a vulnerability, and in part, there's an economic story here. Now, you compared your findings with similar studies in the US. Why did you choose the US as a point of comparison? So, yes, we did compare to the US, and there was sort of two main, primarily pragmatic reasons uh, for it. So, um, when we were designing our survey in April 2020, we included um, a set of questions that we knew were being asked in other surveys across the world, primarily in the US. And uh, for this particular um, study, we were able to um, access um, data from a very reputable source, the Pew Research Center American Trends Panel, which is a nationally representative uh panel survey of over 10,000 people in the US that collected the same mental health items at the same point in time, April 2020. And that's why we compared to the United States. Uh, Another interesting feature of comparison to the United States is the experience of the COVID-19 pandemic. So the United States has been much more harder hit than Australia, both in terms of the health impacts but and also the economic impacts. 
So uh, it's an interesting point of comparison from that point of view as well. Okay, well, this seems like a good time to take a quick break, but don't worry, listeners, we'll be back in just a minute. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Around the world, democracies are in crisis. Leaders have become followers. Populists offer glib solutions to complex problems, and people search for answers. Block out the noise. Each week on Democracy Sausage, we go deeper to bring you insights from leading scholars, journalists and commentators to help you make sense of the world. I'm Mark Kenny from the Australian National University. Join me at the Democracy Sausage Hot Plate every Monday and Thursday. And we're back. I'm still here with Ben Edwards. We're going to dig a little deeper into the challenges that young people are facing and uh, and their outlook. We talked a little about that in the first part, Ben. But but can you give us a sense of what yeah what the the particular challenges that young people have been facing during the pandemic? Yes, uh, certainly, Martin. So so what we found in our um, statistical modelling. So if, as you recall. Um, one of the key features and strengths of our study was to focus on changes in psychological distress over time. And that enabled us to um, then look at what were factors that were associated with changes in psychological distress over time. And you you recall that the younger age groups were far more affected. And what we found there was is that people who reported being anxious or worried about COVID-19 were far more likely to have increases in psychological distress during the pandemic. Those who were more likely to be affected, uh, who, who thought they were being infected by COVID-19, were also um, reporting in greater increases in psychological distress. And then also people who felt that they were more likely to lose their job, that they thought that they were going to um, lose their job um, at a higher rate, were also more likely, likely to report increases in psychological distress over the period. Now, as you said there, many of the worries of young people come from, you know, losing their job or financial insecurity. What could policy makers be doing to address these types of issues for young people? Yeah, so I guess there's a couple of points to make. Um, so, and I just wanted to um, to draw back to the comparisons with the United States because I, I feel like I didn't draw that out um, uh, strongly enough. So, in the United, so there's a couple of points with the United States, and then they'll be able to flesh out the policy implications. So, with respect to the United States, what we found overall is Australians were doing far better in mental health terms than their US counterparts, but that was only really the case for older age groups. When we compared for younger age groups, the under 34s, and particularly the 18 to 24-year-olds, we found that the level of distress of young people in Australia was on a par 
with the US. So um, while the US is disproportionately affected, in certainly in terms of health problems, um, compared to uh, the uh, to Australia's compared compared to the Australia, we still find very um, big impacts on young people um, in Australia uh, by in, in international terms. In terms of considering policy implications, there have been considerable um, steps taken to address. Uh, the economic impacts and also mental health impacts of COVID-19. So the federal government have announced significant programs in terms of JobKeeper and JobSeeker. Um, unfortunately, the JobKeeper program hasn't applied to a number of um, areas that young people will work and arts entertainment industry um, is one. Um, and also, and but there have been also significant steps in terms of mental health supports. Now, these have been targeted broadly um, and they haven't considered young people as a particularly vulnerable age group, even though we know from previous economic recessions that young people are disproportionately impacted by um, economic recessions um, in terms of uh, mental health outcomes. So... I do think that there needs to be a focus on this uh, on this particular group. Um, there needs to be a life course uh, because we know for um, when we're thinking about um, transitions in the life course and previous economic recessions, that there is a large impact on um, young people in economic terms and the, their lifetime earnings can be affected and moreover their lifetime well-being can be affected. So thinking about um, policy making and supports in the life course perspective, uh, consideration needs to be um, given to the transition from school to work and how best to facilitate that in an in an era where we're going to have um, less job availability and more difficulty for young people to find jobs. In that context, making a further job training easier is going to be important. Uh, some of the steps around uh, uh, availability of TAFE is, is important, but also um, the availability of universities and increasing the cap or taking the cap off um, to enable demand-driven places for universities will be a really important step in facilitating people's access to university and the universities being able to provide um, uh, access uh, for uh, young people during this period where the availability of work will be difficult to find. More broadly, though, I think uh, considering additional mental health supports for young people are go is going to be crucial, uh, and that, that uh, needs to be targeted and supported um, to take to uh, come to young people as they are, rather than um, thinking about the population as a whole. So I think um, there are real um, economic and health benefits with thinking about life course transitions that haven't been considered in policy um, creation to date. And I think a few tweaks uh, will go a long way to be able to support this vulnerable cohort.
during this period. Now, you've done research on the impacts of drought and climate change on populations, and I'm interested in hearing your views about the sort of cumulative effect of crises that have been playing out for all of us, including young people. You know, Australia has been in drought for a very long time. Uh, Climate change is a sort of existential threat and one that, you know, young people are particularly uh, conscious of and particularly want to want to tackle uh, in in the at the start of the year we had the bushfire crisis unfolding in Australia so how is that kind of cumulative effect of crises playing out in what we're seeing in terms of the numbers of young people who are ex- experiencing mental distress so i think um, there's a couple of things to say in broad terms about the impact of natural disasters um, and then the cumulative impact that that um, has, not just on young people, but on populations as a whole. So I guess I would say in um, economic terms and also in mental health terms, work that I've done with colleagues um, at ANU, Matthew Gray and Boyd Hunter, um, suggests that the most vulnerable um, in the community are most affected by the impacts of drought in terms of um, jobs. Uh, and in terms of impact on uh, earnings. And that plays out, um, plays flows through to mental health impacts. Uh, so economic impacts um, are a primary driver in drought, in, in terms of drought, um, for the mental health of populations. Uh, cumulatively, there is very little research looking at the cumulative effect of natural disasters um, on individuals' mental health, um, families, um, uh, families' health more broadly. Um, I've just been undertaking some work um, in the Philippines. Um, the Philippines happens to be one of the most um, disaster-prone countries in the world, primarily because they have regular seasonal tsunamis, but also because there's a, a range of other fa- um, natural disasters that occur, earthquakes and volcanoes and so on. And what we see there is that um, a large number of young people, in this case um, 10 to 14-year-olds, are experiencing multiple natural disasters in their childhood. Uh, and, and there, I think, um, the mental health um, uh, in mental health terms, we're seeing poorer outcomes, uh, and broadly speaking, I think the climate, the changes in climate change, mean that um, mitigation and resilience factors are really critically important. But what we do see in the Philippines and also more broadly is the vulnerable populations, those who have less economic resources, those uh, are the ones who are really affected the most. So um, strengthening existing universal um, support systems, uh, providing additional support for vulnerable groups are going to be an important feature of policy making. Um, going forward as we see climate change um, uh, increase the prevalence and frequency of natural disasters going forward. Um, And that's also in terms of thinking about our mental health system. So uh, I've just got a a 
colleague uh, Matthew Gray and I have just received um, funding from the Medical Research Future Fund to focus on the cumulative effects of exposure to bushfires as well as other natural disasters. And we're hoping to be able to tease out and identify particular factors that will help protect against adverse mental health um, and also um, other types of developmental um, outcomes, adverse developmental outcomes for young people and children. Um, but broadly speaking, I would say um, supporting universal um, si uh, systems in Australia, which we have very quite good ones at the moment, and also targeted support for most vulnerable um, groups are going to be a key feature. That sounds like a, a fascinating bit of research that you and uh, Matthew Gray were doing, and hopefully you can come back on the pod and tell us uh, about some of the findings of that when once you uh, once you get to that stage. But Ben, I want to finish by touching on a, a, a note of hope. In your study, you also found that Australians were more hopeful about the future when compared to people living in the US. Did you find any indication as to why that is? So, so the, 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 the mental health work that we did um, was part of a broader program of work that um, Professor Matthew Gray and Professor Nick Biddle and I are doing at the Centre for Social Research and Methods. And um, what we're finding is, is a bit of a mixed story. Um, there are a lot of negative impacts of the pandemic However, people's levels of social trust seem to have gone up quite substantially. So people's trust in other people has gone up quite substantially. And in part, I think that's because in Australia, there's very, very good compliance um, in terms of social distancing. So I think that's part of the story. And what we also know um, is, uh, and we found um, with our, um, our modelling, is that um, those who have higher levels of hope tend to be doing better in terms of mental health outcomes. So, um, so in part, I think it's a function of um, how Australians have pulled together and worked together as one to address um, and social distance effectively to um, push down the virus. So, and I think that's a really important feature. Um, so that's probably one of the reasons why we think uh, that's the case. Um, and I think also um, while there are have been negative economic impacts of the pandemic and we'll see that flow through, relatively speaking, we're doing pretty well um, compared to the rest of the world and we can build on the health gains that we've made uh, with the pandemic um, to translate into economic gains. Uh, and if we can focus on the most vulnerable in society, such as young people, and support them through this period, we'll be in a really good position in the future. So I think on the, the note of hope, I think that's in part a function of how Australians have pulled together during this time. And there's more work to be done in that space. But I'm, I'm optimistic um, that as a society we can work together to really um, not to snap back because I think that's unrealistic, but to um, to to bounce back to a um, to a, a better space in the future. Well, it's been fascinating talking to you, Ben. So thank you so much for coming in and uh, telling us about your research. Thanks very much, Martin.
Listeners, what are your thoughts on today's episode? Do let us know. There are many ways you can reach out to us. We're on Twitter as Apps Policy Forum. That's A-P-P-S Policy Forum. Or you can send us an email, podcast at policyforum.net. But better yet, come and join the pod squad. We're on Facebook. You can find us and hundreds of other listeners under Policy Forum Pod. And as a member of the Pod Squad, you get access to our exclusive Ask Policy Forum series. It's the podcast where you ask the questions. We recorded the latest episode a couple of weeks ago, and it's on the Facebook page now to listen to. It's an absolute cracker. So join the group, give it a listen, and send your questions for the next Ask Policy Forum now. And if you'd like to leave us a review, we suggest you find us on Apple Podcasts, but we're also on Acast, Spotify, or wherever you usually get your podcasts from. And don't forget to hit subscribe. Now, before we let you go, we'd like to remind you that if you or anyone you know is suffering from mental health issues and needs help, there are services to support you. You can reach Lifeline on 13 11 14, that's 131114, or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. We'll also leave links to their websites in the show notes. Both of these organisations have information specifically about looking after your mental health during the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll be back with another episode of Policy Forum Pod next week. But until then, stay safe, look after yourself and each other and cheerio for now. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.